1: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: ...report, which streams Monday and Thursdays at 7.15. Of course, he was here in Atlanta, covered our Falcons and still does. And uh, he's just a guy in the know. And we love talking with Steve Weiss and love seeing him at camp and throughout the course of the season. Um, With that said, Mike, this game on Sunday against the Saints, I, I said it earlier, and listen, anything can happen. The Falcons can easily go in and win and put it together. But remember, you're still relying on Carolina to beat the Buccaneers, and that's the other part
2: right. of this equation. Baker Mayfield's banged up. We talked about it. Took a hard shot from the Honey Badger. His ribs aren't busted or anything, but... He's been complaining about sore ribs. So, I don't know if he wears a flak jacket. Is he going to throw – look, you know he can go anywhere in the country and throw a couple of picks, Carl. It's not like it's a, it's too much of a stretch. But he, when he's on fire and he's always been streaky good, the Bucks are winning. And, you know, getting Mike Evans involved and Godwin and company, that's I, – I, it's hard to see the Panthers, you know, beating those guys, even at home.
1: All right, let's talk to our man, Steve Weish, And, Steve, appreciate the time as always. Uh, man, week 18. Steve, it feels like we just started, brother. Like the, the season just started, doesn't it?
0: doesn't it though it's like we're just getting we're just uh you know we're just clearing out the appetizer plate right that's what it feels like and good talking to you guys
1: yeah man it's good talking with you let's talk about where the falcons are i know you have been all over this and first and foremost before we talk about the coach just i mean it, it, we talked to him yesterday we were up there steve and you know he joins us every week he says he's confident you know that that Things are going to play out the way they should. He's not fearful of losing his job necessarily. Do you think any of that plays out, win or lose, on Sunday?
0: It's, it's, you know, this is a very awkward – I won't say awkward. It, it, it's a very tough call for Arthur Blank um, because, you know, the first two years Arthur Smith was here was cleaning up the cap, you know, figuring out personnel. Then this year they have the money to finally spend, and they decided not to – go after a quarterback, right, whether it's draft, trade, free agency. Those decisions do not come in a vacuum, right? You know, I I remember speaking with Arthur Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith at the league meetings last spring, and they were both in accordance that Desmond Ritter was the guy they were going to roll with, right? So, you know, you have to say to Arthur Blank, like, okay, was I sold a bill of goods on this kid or, you know, I was along with it. I got to give the coach one more shot to correct it. Because the issue is the quarterback play, and so you know this is this is where again Arthur Blank has got to say, can it get better? And the other questions are: Are there better candidates? Right. That this is a big question around the league. You know, remember a couple of weeks ago we were thinking they're going to get the ten coaches getting fired, but in speaking to more and more people, they just don't know if there's ten capable replacements that could take their their programs to the next level. So. So Arthur Blank has to weigh that part of it as well. But the one thing, whether Arthur Smith is there or not, they've got to get a quarterback. And and that's that's the next plan. And you know, whether you trade you do something to trade up to get one of these draft picks or whatever, that's the priority going into twenty twenty four.
2: And that, Steve, is the crux of the argument Carl and I have been having with the audience like the last couple of months. I mean, how much do you put on the coach? Because, you know, they tried to get Deshaun Watson that swung Matt Ryan out of the team or probably a year ahead of schedule. So you could have drafted somebody and maybe – Matt I don't know if Matt was going to tutor anybody, but you could have maybe kicked the tires on Derek Carr. I know Garoppolo, you know, neither one were great options, but all you needed was competent quarterback play with the defense and the way that we run the football, and this team could win 10 games. Yeah, I mean, the, the, those are short-term answers.
0: You know, it seems like the way they tried to build this team is through the draft and younger free agents or longer-term guys. But that's the discussion around the league when it comes to the Falcons. You had three top eight picks the past three years, correct? Right. 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 You drafted skill, skill, non-premium, skill. Right. but you drafted non-premium positions. What do we call premium positions? Quarterback or those who impact the quarterback? Left tackle, corner, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Right, so you draft three non-premium positions when you're in a position to do so. So that's part of it. And then the players you draft, there really doesn't hasn't been a consistent plan on how to maximize them. I think that's the one thing that does not work in Arthur Smith's favor. Okay, you got Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. We're still wondering what, what we're ever going to see out of him. Drake London, clearly a talented player, but don't have a quarterback and give him the ball consistently. And then Bashan Robinson, that roller coaster of usage, I mean, I think that's the confounding thing from the outside when people around the league talk about the Falcons. Like they drafted these guys in non premium spots and they're not maximizing any of them. So what does that tell you about the coach? And that's that's again, that's part of the big conundrum that will factor into any decision that's being made.
1: Steve Weiss joining us guys, NFL network's chief national reporter you can follow him on twitter instagram at weish that's w-i-c-h-e 89 and of course the host of the nfl report which streams on mondays and thursdays at 7 15 eastern on the nfl channel um big games this weekend some bigger than others heading into week 18 i think you know mike and i were talking about uh, the dolphins game steve with the bills dolphins have to get healthy but i like the bills in the game tell me what you think about this resurgence with the bills six weeks ago i did not think they'd be here
0: yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, look—it's it, crazy as it sounds. I think the turmoil surrounding Sean McDermott invigorated the team, mm-hmm. right? You know, when he made those, the, when the comments became public, the comments he made like years ago uh, about nine eleven became public. You know, the players rallied around him, and they really got it going. That went with a change in offensive coordinator, and you know, the, and they started—you know—they started running the ball with Joe Brady. They started looking like a much more balanced offense. So that hasn't come with consternation because Stephon Diggs hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game I think, nine or ten consecutive weeks. Um, But Josh Allen looks better. They look like an energized football team. To me, this is going to be an interesting game with Miami, though, because the Dolphins losing Bradley Chubb last week. Now both of their edge rushers, who are both studs, are out for the season with major injuries. Jalen Phillips, the other one. Davian Howard, the stud defensive back, he's a question mark. But Miami at home is a good team. They've got speed. This is going to be offense versus offense. And, you know, who, who makes a turnover here or there? I, don't, I love the way the Bills are playing, but I, I just cannot kick Miami to the curb right away on this because they've got so many home run threats that at any time they could just go on some massive offensive run.
2: It's Steve Weiss with his guys in the WaitFor. hotline again. He is a good friend of ours, and you see him nationally on NFL Network, senior reporter. What do you make of the Eagles who have lost what four of their last five? Is, is it Steve? Is it about losing the coordinators, and, and that's why the defense is so bad? They lost Gannon, or what's going on there?
0: Well, I mean, you can't you can't discount that. I mean, when teams lose coordinators, we see we see it all the time. And the fact that the Rams and the Forty Nine ers who lose coordinators to head coaching jobs every year bounce back goes to show you the structures of their organizations. You lose a coordinator, but you also, and this was a, the big question mark in the offseason, defensively, they let a ton of players in the middle of their defense go. Interior D linemen, linebackers, and safeties. Marcus Epps and C.J. Gardner-Johnson a safety, especially those losses, have been significant. Okay, now the younger players, you know, the the... Galen Carter and guys like that who were playing well at the beginning of the season, they're worn out, man. Right. You see it. They're not getting the rotational play anymore because they're being asked to play more snaps. The offense isn't functioning, so they're on the field more, and you just see teams run the ball up the middle on them, tag them, tagging them up the middle of the field. So the fact that their depth is an issue, the fact that they let so many key players go coupled with the loss of a coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, I think all of that is rearing its head right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Eagles, by the way, if Cowboys win this weekend, they win the NFC East, Eagles will start the playoffs yep. on the road. So that's why that game is so interesting. What do you make of the Texans and Indy game? This is a game yeah, for great a game. playoff birth. Yeah, it's, I think Saturday night's going to be fun.
0: It, it, it's a great game. Um, you know, the Colts have just been that fun. Feisty gnat every year, every week. I mean, Gardner Minshew, um, the running game. They're they're playing a lot better on the offensive line. Uh, the defensive front is playing a lot better, even though they're they're still they still give up points. I mean, they're still leaky, but they've got good players at every level. And then the Texans with C.J. Stroud coming back and his composure, they're always a threat. It's just that their defensive injuries. Um, You know, that's an issue. But they compete. The Texans, and this is talking to people who break break them down every week, they play harder than than just about any other team in the NFL. And that's something that can get them through. And the big thing is either way, whoever wins, they put automatic pressure on the Jaguars Sunday. Like the Jaguars, they can lose and still get in if three or four other things happen. But, you know, whoever wins that game, that Saturday night game, between the Texans and the Colts, that's that's immense pressure on the Jaguars to win; otherwise, they could be out of the playoffs altogether. And nobody expected that when the season started.
2: I know the 49ers really got thumped by the Ravens. That was a bad day in the office for all for Purdy, the quarterback position just got mollywhomped. But are you still buying the 49ers? to? to I mean, because I just don't trust the Cowboys. We already talked about the Eagles and the Lions, maybe, but I just feel it's the 49ers to lose in the NFC. How do you feel about that?
0: I, I 100% with you. I mean, they're just they're just so good. And look, every team, I mean, one of the greatest stats of the year is I think four teams plus 500 records have lost by at least two touchdowns to the Ravens. Like, that's how good Baltimore is. But the one team that's given the Ravens hell is the L.A. Rams. And I think if the Rams meet up with the, with the 49ers, remember, the, now, mind you, the 49ers have beaten the Rams like eight out of the last nine times. But this is a different Rams team with the way they run the ball, the physicality with which they run the football now. That, to me, is their biggest threat in the NFC, a team that's familiar with them, a team that plays them tough every time, and now a team that can run the football with Kyron Williams, the the second-year stud out of Notre Dame. So that's a matchup. I think the Niners, like you said, the the Dallas and the Eagles, bad matchups. Just bad matchups. Um, Detroit's an interesting matchup. For San Francisco as well, It's just some of the personnel matchups that, that they have, they could be a problem. But the 49ers are going to be tough to knock out.
1: Steve, what's going to happen with, uh, with Mike Tomlin? Is anything going to happen with Mike Tomlin?
0: There, there, there's no way they're going to get rid of him right now. I mean, again, <laughs> we, we, talked about, we just talked about the lack, of, the lack of potential head coaches. I mean, that's going to factor into the decision with the Falcons. You know, Mike Tomlin, what he's going to have to do is figure out his quarterback and his O.C., I mean, if there's one flaw you hear people talk about, Mike Tomlin, he's been too loyal to his coordinators and assistant coaches sometimes. And that's what he has to figure out because they're playing better football now. You know, when we counted them out two weeks ago, and oh, he's going to finally finish with a losing record, all of a sudden they went to and they're going to finish with a winning record. So he, he's one of these culture coaches that no matter what happens, he can find a way, but at some point they've got to graduate back to that next level. But he's, he's not going anywhere right now.
2: And Steve, I know we talked about the coaches that are out there, and again, you know, Arthur Smith is the coach, and we're trying to, you know, read the tea leaves with Arthur Blank. You know, was he more upset about the the loss to the Colts and what happened in Chicago versus, well, you know, or the win versus the Colts versus the the terrible loss against the Panthers? You mentioned Oof. Frank Smith from Miami is on everybody's list. Ben Johnson from Detroit. Belichick will be out there, and and we're going to talk more about the coaches coming up. But is this the coaching cycle where Eric Bieniemy finally gets a head coaching job? I,
0: I don't think so, man. Oh, I, I don't. I don't think so. It's, it's crazy. I don't think. It, it's tough. And just in speaking to people, you know, there's just one of these, he's going to get some interviews. Um, Dave Canales, Tampa Bay's going to get some interviews, but um, it's just like with the enemy. Some people are just like, he's probably going to have to go back to being an OC again. And, and wouldn't be, and people wouldn't be stunned if he returned to Kansas city, hmm. uh, because you see that they're missing him in terms of the accountability factor. Um, but, yeah, I just just people I talk to. There's not a ton of optimism where he's going to get a significant look.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, this weekend uh, as we finish up the NFL regular season and then we head to the playoffs. Steve, by the way, are you uh, are you out in any of these games this weekend? What's what's your deal, man?
0: No, no, I'm in uh, I'm in studio this weekend, Sunday, okay. doing my typical show on game day preview, and then Monday getting ready for the the playoff aftermath, coaching, the GM changes, and. And all that good stuff. Well, we'll start dialing it up, though, when the playoffs come around. No doubt. Our
1: right. Brother, appreciate you. Uh, continued success. We look forward to hearing you and talking with you during the playoffs.
0: Appreciate you guys. All the best.
1: All right, man. Steve Weish, guys, NFL Network senior reporter, chief national reporter. You can follow him again at weish 89 uh, Mike, we will talk about some of these rumors that are going around. It's just that, you know, I don't start rumors. I talk about them once <laughs> they're out. And we're just going to mention what we're hearing Nothing has been done yet. But Monday, some of this stuff may play out. We'll get into it coming up as part of our Strong Arm Story of the Day next. The Strong Arm Story of the Day is brought to you by John
2: Foyt Associates' Personal Injury Law.
1: Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. There are a lot of rumors out there. You know I don't start them. I just talk about them once they're out. Mike Bell, let's run through this hypothetical, okay? Mm -hmm. We want to be sure that people know none of this has actually happened yet. Black Monday, which is Monday, some of this will potentially happen. But let's talk about some of the coaches who are at least on the hot seat and, and maybe some of the potential things that are being talked about.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to figure. I mean, we know that Belichick is out the door. We've already talked about our guy, Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, we've mentioned that, uh, you know, we all know that the Raiders have a decision to make if it's going to be Antonio Pierce. The Chargers have a decision to make as well. But, yeah, it's, it, and, there's, and the names that keep coming up, And I mentioned that when we uh, spoke with Steve Weiss last break, Frank Smith is the O.C. for Miami. Now, does Coach Bra do all the work? Or is Frank Smith, you know, the genius offensively, if you watch the in-season hard knocks, he's he's an impressive dude. Ben Johnson is the O.C. for Detroit. And then we asked Steve Weiss, Carl, about Eric Yeah, And Steve was of the opinion that I don't get it unless it's just such Generation P, and that's not payday. That uh, you know, you you can't have a guy who's tough and yells, and, and and do the Chiefs struggle now because they miss, as Steve said, the accountability of a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who was done no favors when Ron Rivera said, "Yeah, the guys came to me said he's kind of hard on them."
1: <laughs> Remember that <laughs> oh, earlier yeah. in the year? What was that yeah, about? Yeah, I, I, listen, I wish I knew this enigma about Eric Bieniemy because I don't, and you know, people I know people who know him intimately. Right. I will tell you, one of them is Cordell Stewart. Okay. And being around him and having been around him, like the ore the, the that he gives off, Mike, is, yeah, he holds people accountable. He's a tough-minded dude. He was a tough running back back in his day. People forget what kind right. of player he was. But I, I, I don't know what this enigma is about why he's not getting an opportunity. And now, if you're going to tell me, well, he went to Washington, he didn't do anything. Guys, I didn't expect him to. That's a bad roster. I didn't expect him to. They didn't have a quarterback. The reason why he went there is because – I've got to somehow prove to the rest of the world that I haven't been doing enough here in Kansas city. So I'm going right. to take a lateral move. And he did it probably at the advice of his agents and other people around him. But with that said, Mike, I don't get it either. And, and if you're going to tell me he's not in the mix, I think the window may close. I just believe that, yeah. you know, you have this window where you are white hot, where you are the guy. And if you don't get a job, you're probably not going to get a job. It's and almost that, yeah. That's it's where almost I'm
2: at. Unheard of that a guy goes to the Super Bowl twice as an OC and doesn't get hired as Correct. a head coach. That's the natural progression Correct. of things. Now the, you could argue that, that his window was the last you know coaching cycle because I've already mentioned you know the the guys that are out there the list you know Ben Johnson we talked about Belichick someone's going to spend money on Belichick maybe it'll be Tepper that'll be interesting Jim Harbaugh may leave Michigan right Dan Dan Quinn is a guy whose name keeps cropping up he a lot does. of folks feel that Dan Quinn. Is going to be doing a thing. Bobby Slovick uh, Slovic, who's doing the job with the Texans, doing a great job with C.J. Stroud as the O.C. So these are, these are some of the names that, you know, an Eric B.M. Like would that, have to that, battle like with.
1: that's the mystery, Mike. Slovick as good as he's been, it's one year. Correct. It's one season, Are you're going to yeah. tell me you're going to go hire him as your head coach? Right,
2: and look, everybody who's worked with Andy Reid, now I get it, Frank Wright got the, you know, he got shafted by, by Tepper, and, you know, injuries kind of conspired against him in Indianapolis, but, you know... Peterson was a great. Keep. Peterson won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. That's off the Andy Reid coaching tree. I know that Nagy is back. You know, working with Andy Reid. That didn't work in Chicago. But there's, you know, that roster was not great. But I, that's. I don't know. I mean, is there a stigma against guys who work for Reid? I don't buy that. I do think. I don't know if enemy just gets. Does was he intimidate people in the interview process? Why do you think? Shut uh, up while I'm yeah, talking. Why do you think, Mister Owner? do not you sit your ass in that chair? Let me tell you what we're going to do. I don't know. I I, I don't get it. I've always been impressed. We had a chance to talk to him, not on the the radio. We just ran into him at a Super Bowl. Everything you just said, you know, and your experience with Cordell playing with him, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, I'd love him here if the the job came open. Well, here's the other thing.
1: Maybe the job doesn't come open, but maybe he hires an OC. We don't know what the mandate is going to be, if in fact there will be one, from ownership. And maybe the front office. And I'm talking about Terry Fontenot. Listen, you can tell me all you want that you don't want to do something. But if you want to retain the job, sometimes you get told this is what has to happen. Because here's the reality for Falcon fans. perceptions, reality. If you don't do anything, the perception is regardless nothing changes and you feel like this won't change next year when, in fact, it could. You get a quarterback, the play calling's better, all the execution's better, it it can look different. But, Mike, if you do something and you say, hey, we're bringing in some help. I mentioned this yesterday when we were at Flowery Branch. We're bringing in some help, not necessarily to help Arthur call plays, but more brain power in the room. Who's to say that that doesn't look different and fans are more receptive to it? And so that's kind of a mandate that might come down. Even if it's not, Arthur, giving up play calling to say you add a a brain trust in one of these bright guys that we're talking about to say, hey, this is, you know, some of the things we're doing or how I think we can improve on what you're doing. There's nothing
2: wrong with that. Well, I mean, or does that create a dysfunction because you're going to have like the, uh, who is it, Todd Haley situation where he's going behind your back if you're Hugh Jackson. And not that Eric would do that. But I mean, but the idea that, you know, it's too many cooks. Like, there's two schools of thought when it comes to where we are with the Falcons. We cover guys who missed yesterday's show. That basically, when they went and made the play for Deshaun Watson and you marginalized Matt Ryan and you had to move him because you kind of cut him off at the knees, you know, you, you kind of, you know, accelerated the quarterback situation maybe not, not to what you were expecting. And there was no great quarterbacks in that draft. And, and we took a flyer on Ritter and you say, well, we, you know, you get this guy a quarterback, it's really going to work because he did turn Tannehill into something that got a, a big contract in Nashville, you know. And I know guys are like, well, he yeah, had Derrick Henry. Yeah, I know he had Derrick Henry, but he still did help, you know, Tannehill. He called an offense that worked. And by the way, Tennessee's offense hasn't been the same since Arthur left. You can look those numbers up, too. So oh. that, that's the devil's advocate side. The players all respect him. The players Cord- – Cordell Patterson wants, Carl, is more of the ball. You know, that's, that's not dysfunction in the locker room.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think and, – and listen, I like Cordell Patterson a lot. Um, he's a bowler. But you have to know you, – you, we've talked about it, Mike, when you draft – running back as high as you did Bijan when you have Tyler Algier in the backfield your snaps are going to be limited that's just what it is I mean so I I get it and maybe you feel like in some of these short yardage situations and critical you know red zone situations that we've missed on that maybe you should have gotten the rock I feel you on that I'm not debating it but this idea like if Cordell Patterson would have gotten the rock more this season that things would be different I don't believe that either because the
2: quarterback was too detrimental. His play was too detrimental for you to overcome. Right, And then it gets us back to the chicken and the egg. You know, did the general manager, who, who picked the groceries on this? Who said this was the guy? Why didn't you pursue a free agent quarterback? Again, if you go back and look at it, the only guys for this last year were going to be either, either Garoppolo. Now, would Garoppolo have gotten hurt here? Well, he gets hurt everywhere. You know, Derek Carr was the only other option, but then you just created cap space. Do you want to give Derek Carr the kind of money, knowing the kind of, you know, game manager that he is, right? Mediocre quarterback. Yeah. So it's it's hard if, if when you look at, you know, quarterback, you know it. You said it all day. Yes, it's the most important position. Arthur really hasn't had one in the last two years. So, see where it goes. By the way, uh, it broke while we were talking to Steve Weish, and he tweeted it after. I know you retweeted it about Dalvin Cook, who the Jets cut and uh, landing in Baltimore. And he's. That's kind of a hell of a pickup for the Ravens, isn't it? Well, run game travels. They run the football, and that's not
1: Lamar. That they, they, They're running the ball. Lamar's making plays. Hmm. So now you have the task, and I don't know how soon he affects the game or how, you know, I, I don't think it's going to take long. They're going to have some basic plays for him just because he's talented. The offensive line he's going to is better, despite the fact that they've overcome a bunch of injuries, just like everybody else that he played for with the Jets. And... Now you got to face that defense. So what I'm telling you is Ravens have home field advantage throughout. They better their run game with Dalvin Cook, even if he has minimal effect, Mike. Him on the field is another weapon, and you still have to face that defense. Run game defense just got better. Run game has been pretty good. I think it just got
2: better. Yeah, I know that uh, I I thought Dalvin Cook was a guy that Dolphins maybe should have gotten in the mix with, you know, when he was up there for free. It never worked out for him at the Jets because Brees Hall, he recovered. Brees Hall came off that knee injury, and he was one of the things that worked for the Jets last year. You know, And by the way, Robert Sala is going to keep his job in New York, it sure sounds like, too. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Uh, I was questionable about that, but let's be honest. He's not calling the shots. Aaron right.
2: Rodgers is. Right. Oh, by the way, speaking of Robert Sala, while well, we got a second here, I went back and I looked at the 2021 hires around the NFL. Let me just throw some names at you, and you can kind of snicker and kind of go, well, that didn't work out or that's interesting. Um, the coaches that got hired the same year Arthur Smith was hired. Urban Meyer, Carl, with the Jaguars. five one year in. And to our credit, we said this was a really terrible idea, the jump. Brandon Staley hired in 21 by the Chargers. He's gone. Yep. Should have been gone a year ago. The one guy, the two the two press conferences we had a lot of fun making fun of, but certainly they're getting results. Nick Sirianni and Dan Campbell both hired that same year.
1: All right. I give Campbell more credit because his roster wasn't what Sirianni, Sirianni inherited. Right. But Nick Sirianni made the right decision on
2: the quarterback. Correct knowing to pull the trigger on Wentz and, and get Jalen Hurts in there. The defense is just, has just wound down on them. And, by the way, it's, if you heard Steve Weiss's comments, it's not a knock on Jalen Carter. He's just hitting that rookie wall. You know, Jalen Carter and that and that big physical, you know, half the defense is a Georgia Bulldog. Those guys are just not playing with, to the level the Eagles expect them to play. Other guys hired Robert Sala, we mentioned, and then David Culley in that ridiculous sham down oh, in Texas.
1: What a mess that was. Right. Now, they've corrected it because they got a chance to get in the playoffs, and, Listen, and
2: D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan's a real dude.
1: He is uh, the best thing that that uh, Nick Casario could have done. The general manager is is bring in D'Amico, who was is beloved in Houston, but that was a mess, and we know it was mm-hmm. to, to do what the Texans did two consecutive years in a row. Hey, man, we got more to get to, including Brock Bowers named number five in ESPN's top 100 college football players. We said it. He is a top five pick. You may or may not believe it. And also, Julian Humphreys coming back to Georgia instead of entering the portal. We're going to talk about this decision as our man Rusty Manziel helped us break it down earlier. It's Dukes and Bell. It's time for the road to the college football playoff. I think it's great. That's really good. On Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Coming up in 6 o'clock hour, you're going to hear from Pat Forty, who joined us earlier today, talking about not only the national championship game, but maybe how to fix the bowl games that are not going to be included in the college football playoff. It's Dukes and Bell, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Uh, The big news is Rusty Manziel, who got a chance from, you know, Dogs HQ to talk to Julian Humphrey about not leaving and making his announcement that he returned or will return to Georgia despite, you know, entering the portal and that was no longer the case, and Mike, we were talking about this decision, and Oren, I'd like for our listeners to hear this again from Rusty Manziel, talking about how big this decision is, not just for a guy like Julian Humphrey and his family, but all of these kids who are going through a similar situation now with NIL and how much is being offered, Um, this is Rusty Manziel talking about it.
0: You know, I interviewed him. I got a chance to talk to him. He texted me and said, hey, can you, uh, I want to get this out the right way, I mean, and how hard this last 48 hours have been, and I thought he had a great comment. He said, Look, man, I had every school in the country calling me. And he was a highly recruited player, you know, and out of Houston and he said, every school calling me. He said everybody, you know, talking money. He said at the end of the day, I sit down with my family's like, I trust Kirby Smart, I trust Will Muschamp, and I trust these guys to to, you know, keep me on the path. But I don't think people understand what these kids are going through.
2: Yeah, man, it's, uh, they're getting pushed and pulled. And, you know, in some cases, you know, which first off, the number one thing should be what team's going to put you in the best position to get, if your dream is, to the NFL to do that, right? Yeah. And then, you know, because you're going to make some coin everywhere right now with NIL, but, yeah – how much? It's the old. What's the old line we used to use from Wall Street? How many yachts can you water ski by? <laughs> I mean, it's just. At what point do you say? You know, is is it better to go to Old Miss for a hundred thousand more than to go to and get coached up by Kirby Smart or Nick Saban or you know if that comes into the argument?
1: Yeah, I listen. It's easy for us to sit here, especially dog fans, right, and go, yeah, he made the right decision. But I think he made the right decision. I mean, right now, I think this is the Nick Saban had this, and he actually had a lock on it, Mike where you would go ask guys, why are you going to Alabama? And it was like, because mm-hmm. I'm going to the pros. Like, right. there was no question. You know, Mike Johnson, I- I'm sure at some point, you know, one of part of his decision was, I'm going to Alabama play offensive line. He's on our morning shift in the morning show. Hey, I'm going because I know I'm going to get a shot to play in the NFL. Right. Nick Saban's put DBs in the league, right? The one area where he lacked, which Kirby is ironically in the same area, is quarterbacks. But DBs, linebackers linemen left tackles corners all these guys are going to the league so Kirby has that right now where you go why are you going to Georgia
2: because
1: man all you got to do is look at the last three years and look at all the guys that are going to the league I'm following in their footsteps right
2: I mean defensive linemen you think about that that's another one you could add to that list is certainly and you're right I mean what I think you know Carl's point is you had game managers at Bamba before you got like the superstar Heisman Trophy winner players going to the NFL and, and that's the only thing missing from Kirby. again, if you're winning natties, does it really Nobody matter? Nobody cares. Right. Yep.
1: Nobody cares. I mean, uh, we can talk about do does Georgia want a Heisman Trophy winner? Of course, every school would love to have that in the trophy case and say, hey, look at these guys we produce." Do, do you want, you know, the leading rusher or the all-time, you know, wide receiver in college football? Yeah, you'd love to have all that. But at the end of the day, if you're telling me that, again, you're winning chips and you're consecutively or, or consistently in the mix to play in the championship, that's all that matters. Like, I don't care about all this other stuff, and all those records are, 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 you know, they're worthless because you're not playing for chips. I remember, Mike, like, you know, University of Houston and BYU and all these schools, like, in the 90s, I remember, you know, talking to guys, and they're like, yeah, we're putting up all these numbers, and it was a big deal. College football was so different, but it was like, you know, in the late 90s, like, you're throwing for 8 million yards, and everybody's like, man, they can't be stopped, and you, you got all these individual accolades, but no chips. Right. No, no chips. None of that stuff equated to Andre. Pro- Ware. Yes. Programs <laughs> right. having the kind right. of success that Georgia is sustained right now.
2: Right. And uh, you know, the, the rep for tight ends. If you mean, think about some of the tight ends that have come through Georgia, obviously Randy McMichael comes to mind. and Then, oh yeah, Brock Bowers. But yeah, Brock Bowers, top five in the ESPN's top one hundred college football players. Just a matter now of the combine, and and you know, some guys. You know, you know where Brock is? He's top ten. Just a matter of who else is going to jump into that top ten, Carl.
1: Yeah, I. Man, I keep looking at this guy. Um, Again, if you don't believe in awards, but he was the best tight end two years in a row, right? Mackey Award winner for the sports best tight end. But it's bigger than that. Like, I just think when you think about Georgia the last three years, and I told you this was a big game in this particular year, and you turned on the tape, I guarantee you, you would see Brock Bowers shine. This year, go to Auburn. Auburn has them on the ropes. Brock Bowers takes over the game. Right. I mean, to me, that's what the NFL is looking at. Mike, we can talk about all the awards and all. turn on the tape and let me see what he did in these big, important moments in games, national championship game. He showed up, man. And that is why I think he's going to have a great NFL career. All these guys who make catches when it don't matter, like on a Saturday when nobody's watching and you're playing the Sisters of the Poor, that ain't Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is showing up when it mattered in big games, and I think that's what stands out for me.
2: Yeah, I think it was Dog Nation or somebody posted, speaking of the big games, you know, him basically kind of pulling a Mike Vick and levitating over the <laughs> sideline to get the fourth right. down and getting the ball over the marker to you know sustain the drive. So that was, was a huge moment in that game. So yeah, now just a matter of. Wouldn't it be fun? We uh, we move up, we get Brock Bowers. We won't have a quarterback crop, but we'll have four five, we'll have oh, four tight goodness. ends. Oh, are and then we, see, are guys wanting us to draft him? Well, yeah, but they want they want Pitts gone. Oh, well. <laughs> they want us to package. See, I don't know what the market for Pitts is necessarily, guys. Again, this isn't like you know a Madden game. I know that, it's, that, it that seems I don't think that's like happened. it. I don't think you know, that's but happened. it's just the stuff we're seeing on on social media, which is like, come on, man. Hey, real quick, uh, while we're talking some SEC and some college ball. Uh, we told you yesterday that uh, Brian Kelly says you're fired uh, to all of his defense because it was terrible, and he's done this before. He's not afraid to move guys out. Matt House and all the uh, the, the primary defensive assistants gone. They're saying he's going to steal Blake Baker, oh. who's Missouri's D.C. and good. That's the dude that they're going to bring down to LSU for more money.
1: Well, he knows. I mean, they played him, and right. Baker was really good this year. He is uh, that's that's an interesting name. That He's also he
2: also recruits Louisiana. He played yes. uh, at yep. LSU and, he, you know, he coached linebackers for LSU when he played. He was the D.C. at Louisiana Tech as well. So he knows the territory.
1: That's some fresh blood for, uh, right. for me and my family. family. That's yeah. that's uh, that's an interesting hire. But you know what? Sometimes you got to do it. And by the way, we know this. The SEC just got harder. I mean, there's no more SEC West, but it doesn't matter. I mean, LSU, all these schedules, man. I keep going through the schedules and looking at like next season. I'm like, <laughs> they're like three and four week stretches where you just don't get a break,
2: you know? No, that's, you know, it's when, when Florida State was going through their nonsense with the lawsuit and everything in social media, and I you know, got the ACC, other ACC schools going round and round with FSU. The one thing you can say about the SEC, you know, we know, putting guys in the league, you know, ACC puts guys in the league, but there's better coaches in the SEC, hands yep. down, yep. over the ACC. You know, you, you, you just you, you just see it—the big names, the, assist, the some of the assistant coaches are making you know comparable head coach money. You know, from, from what you get, just the case in point, what they're going to do down here at LSU, what Kirby has here in uh, in Georgia. So yeah, now the question for the national championship game: a lot of folks, and we talked to Pat Ford; you'll get his take coming up next hour. A lot of folks feeling Carl that uh, they might not like it, but Michigan may be the national champion.
1: Yeah, and the irony with that is their coach suspended for six games. Everybody was hating on Harbaugh; they're cheaters. It's a good football team, man.
2: Yeah, and the it, and J.J. McCarthy, we talked about this earlier for guys who missed it. He goes on to say, you know what, they had to really make an even playing field with this whole stealing the signs because Ohio State was doing it really bad, Carl, for oh, a couple of years. Oh, he yeah. called out Ohio State? Yeah, he goes, it's just a thing about football. He said it's been around for years. This was on the college football playoff teleconference yesterday as players getting ready for the game. He says, we actually had to adapt. Because in 2020 or 19, when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it, we had to get up to the level that they were at. And we had to make it an even playing field. A lot of folks are saying people in Michigan are going, na 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 da Da, da, da. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. So, yeah,
1: don't, don't go So there. he goes,
2: I just feel it sucks. We do our, we work our butts off. We do watch so much film and look for those little tendencies and spend like 10, 15 minutes on one clip alone, just looking at the little details of the posture, of the linebackers. So basically he's saying, yeah, they did it, but other teams were doing it, and that's why they took it to another level. Yeah, I just. It, it does seem like My... if you don't like Harbaugh and you don't like Michigan and you are in your bag because your team, whether it's. Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, aren't there? I'm sorry. The stealing the signal thing, it was fun to talk about, but now they're getting ready for the championship, and it's going to be the they're going up against Washington. It, it falls to me. It falls to the back burner. It's, it does. If guys want to put a mental asterisk around it, it, does. I mean, look. You know who the best football team was in 04? It was USC. Uh, Reggie Bush's family got a house, and so what? They were the best football team. Yeah, so that, that's I think where this will go 20 years from now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I just. You still had to play the games, and I actually give them credit because you take your head coach out for six games, and I know the first three were jokes, but those last three... (laughs)
2: <laughs> man, Please, that's a different coach,
1: Yeah, I, I just think y- your team still responded, man, and you're, and you're where you thought you would be at the end of the day. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, follow us. He's Mike Bell, ATL. I'm at him Up. See Dukes in this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on in the world of sports. Hey, we're going to talk about the Braves extending Chris Sale. That happened today, and we'll let you hear what he had to say about becoming a Brave, being here and how excited he is about this rotation. It's on the way in the six o'clock hour, also, Pat 40. Stay right there. Sports Radio 929 again.